0: it can be so difficult just to find the right information about what option is the best fit for you in making this energy transition, whether it's for you, for your home, for your business, because there isn't one easy way to find all of that information about all the different options for your home, whether it's for heat pumps, solar energy, electric vehicles, all of it. And then of course, once you figure out which one is going to be that right solution for you, you have to figure out who, Who is gonna install it for you? And will they do a good job? Because how do you know if you can trust them? And on the flip side of that, the installers have to know that it is worth their time. Is this homeowner actually interested? And how do they keep from making these costly mistakes for all these new and innovative products that are out there? How do they keep from making costly mistakes on installing those, where they have to come back out and do it again, or things that cut into their margin? And today I am speaking with Nicholas. He is the co-founder and CEO of Bodeal Energy, and they really work to solve both of these problems on both sides with their all-in-one platform. So to hear exactly how he is solving the problem on both sides, make sure you stay tuned for this entire amazing episode. You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. All right, Nicholas, do you mind telling us a bit about Bodil Energy and what you guys do?
1: Yeah, for sure. And thank you for the invitation to be on here, Billy. I really appreciate it and fan of the show. Bodil Energy is on a mission to make it easy for homeowners to energy retrofit their homes and to address the supply side installer bottlenecks by making it easy and attractive for electricians and plumbers to enter the market for home energy transition and be really efficient in their work. So we do this by innovating the customer's customer and the installer journeys, the first mile and the last mile, and by providing a one-stop shop, a managed marketplace for heat pumps, rooftop solar, home batteries, and car chargers. And finally, at Bodil, we believe that essentially the installation is only half of the answer here. So once we have installed your energy assets, our cloud-based software optimizes their performance over time, leaving the homeowner with the lowest possible energy bill, minimizing pressure, of course, on the grid, and finally ensuring the lowest possible climate impact by spreading consumption out throughout the day and optimizing the heat curve against weather and price signals in a Bodil home. And we go to market through channel partners. We're building connected eco- system so we work with banks and energy companies to decarbonize their mortgage lending or the legacy gas portfolios and we're also working with these partners to create innovative new financing mechanisms to ensure that a lower energy bill is available to everyone not just the homeowners who can afford the upfront cost that's great
0: and What are some of the things that you use for making that transition for homes?
2: Yeah, for sure. So essentially we are a climate tech company. So we see ourselves as a technology first or technical native company. And a lot of what we provide is at the software enabled service level, right? So if you are a homeowner, traditionally getting access to say, figuring out what kind of a heat pump would fit for your home, it's been quite a cumbersome, at times pretty frustrating process. I don't know if you yourself, Billy, have uh, tried getting one of these Things installed in your home, but basically figuring out like what is the energy potential of my home, what products fit, what sizes of different variations of a product is right for the home, how do I make choices that enable the optimum energy generation over time and basically the lowest thinkable utility bill, right? So we're all about using technology to answer some of those questions in a X and customer centric modern way that provides that overview, makes those product recommendations, and makes executing as simple as uh, clicking on a button now. Obviously, the last part is, is easier said than done, right? And I think <laughs> that our software product, the most theoretically advanced part of it is very much this thermal modeling, right? So getting a view of the individual home and the thermal properties in that home, what materials is it made of, What does the electricity consumption look like what does the heat distribution system look like so i'd say that's the most advanced but i actually think and this is i want to loop this back to the last mile element right the execution so i actually think that where we have the most lines of code and where we spend the most time is actually at that last mile level so how do you get something that is a a gritty multi-stakeholder usually on site or originally always on site both pricing process, but then also execution process with electricians, plumbers, all of these things coming together to provide a smooth experience, right? So we're all about ensuring that part of the process and and basically making sure that installers have the tools they need to uh, we like to talk about it as like exceeding homeowner expectations right these are super expensive products right at the end of the day even though they pay for themselves that the payback times are pretty quickly somewhere between three and six years on average for our products even though they pay for themselves the upfront investment is the size of a small car right sometimes also a large car and so what we think is that homeowners want and expect to be met at the point of sale with a service that is comparable to what you'd expect when buying a car. And if we look at the industry as is, we're just nowhere near living up to that promise. And I think a lot of that is what drives us today, right? Delivering on the promise of a sustainable future for homeowners and for a seamless transition away from fossil heating and uh, and towards a clean alternative. Yeah, definitely. And how are you helping the consumer really diagnose their home as
0: what would be most efficient for them?
2: Yeah. For sure. So we took our point of departure on publicly available data. So we look at what's there, anything from the digitalized EPC labels to publicly available housing data using things like Google Maps, visual imagery, whatever we can get our hands on to get an initial view of the home. And then we instantaneously merge those things on the back end into a database of how homes. And then when essentially just you type your address and we will have spit back to you almost immediately phase one we think there's something to be done here and then as you go through the first mile it's a digital onboarding flow. flows the home energy calculator that we've developed you feed the model with things that you know and the way we decided to build the system is to take into account that not all homeowners know everything about their home and so we're constantly calibrating an answer for you that just gets better and better and making it very clear that this first mile part of the experience is essentially just to give you and initially right a, a quote that gets very close but doesn't go all the way and this is essentially to weed out uninterested customers but also very much to create excitement for those customers who are really just at the sweet spot of needing this product right like the savings that you're looking at for let stick to the heat pump example right which is the, the primary dna of our company right mm-hmm. if you're operating an oil furnaces today or a gas furnaces today not even before the energy crisis and not least after we're able to generate 70 to 80 percent savings on your home utility bill right these payback times are pretty short. So for us, making that clear for the homeowner, creating that excitement around that initial saving is a vital part of of the customer journey. And it's a vital part, and I think this moves us back to the last mile, right? It's a vital part of ensuring that installers are spending their time where installers play best, right? Which is actually being out in homes and making money. The sales process, the quoting process, that's not time well spent for the average installer, right? It's actually taking productivity and moving it from the place where we desperately need it because installers are the number one bottlenecks in terms of delivering on the screen transition that we stand before, right? And for us, if anything we can do to weed out disinterested homeowners, we can do to take care of the to increase the probability or the likelihood of a sale by simply just positioning it better, talking about it better, having more explainers, more graphics, having qualified energy advisors that are trained as salespeople and as energy advisors at the same time, right? The more we can do to make sure that by the time a homeowner, he is, meets an installer. At that time, it is it is a certain, his conversion to to an installation is a certainty. That's that's a way for us to make the market function more efficiently, yeah. That's awesome. And how many different installers are you working with? Yeah, so at the moment, Bodil is uh, two and a half years old. Yeah, slightly more, but in that range. And at the moment, still just operating in Denmark, but about to go into two new markets in the new year. But so at the moment, we have 114 active installers on the platform. And when we talk about the platform, we have two components to it, right? There's the front end, how we drive the customers, and then there's the installer facing side of it, right? So using our CRM systems, using our tools, we're all about providing installers different forms of tools and providing the tooling best practice and integrating to whatever programs they might already be using for CRMs or for quality control. Now we provide a parallel layer to all of those things and we make sure the API connect with uh, with what they're also using so that we become like a seamless addition. And over time, what we're actually seeing is a lot of people are preferring to, a lot of things that I was preferring to operate on our software, right? Because they've just desperately needed people that were deeply passionate about digitalization, people that were deeply passionate about creating just like smooth tools that are built very much with the end user in mind. And so what we're finding is that while we built all of these tools initially for ourselves and for our own quality control purposes, and asked our install if they would at least operate on these tools as they were working on our homeowners, essentially what happened is that, that the demand for the tools were so big that we ended up basically saying, look, as long as you're also servicing our homes, then go ahead and use this suite of products on your own homes too. And that way we feel we're all climate people. And so for us, it was just a way of augmenting our, and ensuring that, that the innovations that we make and the efficiencies that we can drive in our own process actually also benefits the wider market. Yeah. No, no. That's great being able to help others work
0: towards this end goal of fighting climate change is extremely beneficial. I was talking to another entrepreneur on the, on the podcast before, and he got asked questions before about, what if somebody comes along and takes your idea? and He's happy. Please do. Please take my idea. Please keep doing do this more. We're open to more and more people being able to do this so that we can have the so that we can fight this. And one of the things he said too is, where do you hope to be in 10 years? I hope to be out of a job. I hope to be out of business because I hope this problem is solved. That I think that's so important for this community about, we're really trying to fight climate change. That's the ultimate goal. We're not trying to make a bunch of money. We're not trying to do this. We're trying to have an impact and the more money we can make, the more impact we can make, the money isn't the end goal. And so I like, think that's part of this whole ownership and what we're doing here. Yeah,
2: that really rings true to me. Just the other day. In Denmark, we're all about these uh, Christmas dinners in companies. There's always like the end of year Christmas dinner. We so we just had one ours the other day. And we spent a lot of time discussing this question, right? Because since we entered the market. We're seeing a lot of new market entrants come in with similar, sometimes identical value propositions as our own. Many of them are just getting started. Others are established, already doing really well. And we talk about what degree of openness should we have in talking about our mission, participating in podcasts like this, in sharing our software, etc. And I think for us, it's rewarding to know, unlike many other startups, that will grind and grind. And if there isn't that exit, if there isn't that, that acquisition, or if there isn't that IPO, then you can get the sense of, of course, having been part of something exciting from building a company point of view, but ultimately that the impact doesn't feel so rewarding. If a competitor comes in and copies what you've done, it is what it is. That's not an exciting situation to be in, right? But we find that every little innovation that we make, we almost expect larger players to see what we're doing and to go, hey, that's really cool. Now, I think that might be a good point of departure to talk about our philosophy as well for to partner, right? Because there are two types of companies that we're seeing. Some of them will go, hey, that's cool. We're going to build that. Uh, and another type of contact system as as a partner. And Bodu is all about partnerships, right? We're all about enabling the entire value chain, and we're all about not owning the value chain. And I think in our space at the moment, and I think as part of this, large energy transition that we stand before, we're gonna see two waves and both of these waves will be very successful. Both of these waves will be very powerful, but we just firmly come from a position of representing one of them, right? So the first wave is that of creation, right? So the roll up stru- shop strategy, buying up the value chain in order to deliver on a promise of better quality and of course of, of growing margin, right? And then I think on the other side is the kind of philosophy that we come from, building the tools and creating the ecosystems digitally and in person to essentially make people collaborate better across the value chain. That's very much where we come from. And I think it's important to explain why, and also probably why uh, previous attempts at, at, at things that look a bit like global energy have done the opposite, right? Why they have pursued MA or vertical integration. Now I, a lot of that comes from wanting to deliver on this promise of quality, right? I think you have this view, I think Svea Sweden is an excellent example of this. They've been providing and innovating in the solar space years and years. For them, because they hit the market really early, it was a truth that there was a lack of qualified installers to basically execute on the demand for solar installations. And I think that this view, along with difficulties, because of having difficulties finding qualified installers, like a view developed that you had to essentially home grow talent and you had to essentially buy or acquire quality installers now i i think in its time this view was very accurate i think in this time it was a way to both learn about the value chain and learn how to innovate it and learn how to create excellence in it but i find that as new players are entering the market today with similar hypotheses we're seeing that for example with Fünf in in germany the company that i think will be doing amazing things in exactly our space in the coming decade. So they're launching again on this premise of owning the value chain. Now what we believe in Bodil is that if you look at the average installation company, like from mom and pop shop up to mid-level local or regional champions, I think what we're seeing is many of them don't actually want to be acquired, right? There's a strong tradition of, of apprenticeship, there's a strong tradition of wanting to own your own company, and I, a lot of these players, they're being a bit squashed, right? They're seeing these big consolidated plays that they're having to compete with that are buying up the value chain. They might see energy companies being active in this space as well, and maybe also pushing them a little bit. And they're looking to compete. They're looking to provide a customer experience that is on par with what these large, data challenger plays, are able to provide. And I I think Bodil's promise to the market, Bodil's value proposition is to all of these installers that want to pursue excellence, but want to do it owning their own shop. Essentially, there is now a platform available in Bodil.energy, which provides them not only with access to an infinite amount of homes that we build or that we create through our channel partnerships. And I'll return to that later in the conversation I think, but also provides you with tools so that you can create superior digital offers, right? Like how do you create quoting that's on pair with the best challenger companies how do you do cross product integration right so how do you calculate the lifetime value of a heat pump and a solar and battery all at send your car charger all at the same time how do you distribute smart home smart energy management or energy asset management as we call it in bodil how do you distribute these things at the point of as an installer if you don't own your own platform or your own software well essentially we're saying look we're trying to provide all of these things To the market and we're trying to do it for those that are not looking to be consolidated. Yeah, definitely. That's an important point because there is that sense of pride that someone
0: has with owning their own business, wanting to run their own business and call the shots and we get consolidated. Like that can be great for some people, but sometimes they don't want to have that overarching person. The reason they got into entrepreneurship or into the family business, if it was that, is have that ownership. And so we've taken over, consolidated into this big thing. There can be things that just don't jive with their personality or the way they want to work. And so that's like really important to have that option too, of like, you know, you want to still stay competitive and it's really hard to do that when you're competing against a conglomerate of all these different companies where they have the resources, they have the money to spend on these great tools. And just as a independent business owner, that's really difficult to do. So that's really important.
2: I think that's very true. And, and I think two things I would add, so we covered this problem believing and seeing the signs are both early, not so early of an industry that's changing, right? Of Installing rooftop solar and heat pumps is going from being highly specialized to actually being increasingly something that electricians and plumbers, et cetera, and contractors are looking to upskill themselves in, right? And this relates back to this hypothesis that we have, which is different than I think the rest of the market, which is that while the rest of the market wants to consolidate to deliver because there is a lack of skilled labor what we're saying is there is only a lack of skilled labor if you define it very narrowly as people that have been installing heat pumps for a very long time that have been installing rooftop for a very long time we're all about essentially growing the install base in two ways by making the existing installers more efficient at what they do but just as importantly by enabling new players to participate in the market at the highest quality possible. And we're having great traction with this, right? So we're helping these regional champions in, let's say, solar and car chargers transition into heat pumps, essentially by providing them the standardized processes and tools and workflow management systems that basically enable much fewer mistakes and ensures that that new people can participate, right? There's this excellent example that I always like to quote we had uh, somebody who who leads up a, a large solar company that had always also been doing heat pumps for a little while. And he was saying it used to always be the manager of this company that was out doing the sales of the heat pumps. Because remember, these are mid-sized, sometimes family-run jobs, right? So up to 20, 30 people. And so this guy would always be out closing the sales. And that's simply because if he didn't, what he would see was he would make too many mistakes and those mistakes would over time become costly. And that dynamic keeps a lot of contractors out of this space. I think we should maybe return to that point as well. But essentially what he was seeing now was that because of our sort of flow standardization, he could send out even some of the newest employees in the company, right? Because our fulfillment apps essentially require you to document things in the home and go through a standardized sort of step-by-step list and take photos we kind of auto spec the amount of piping needed and where to place the equipment outside and whether that stays within local noise and regulations for again for the heat pumps because sometimes there's sound and you want to make sure that you're respectful of the neighbors but also of the regulation so by basically providing all of that and the kind of onboarding first mile flow that that we've come to expect with the internet by doing all that he's able to basically grow his company because new people are able to take part in what used to be more high skilled type tasks And, and that's the kind of stuff that gets us really excited We're creating some kind of delta on the install side because that's what's needed if we want to stay within 1.5 degrees that's, that's what drives us yeah definitely
0: that's really exciting because when you mentioned that he's taking time out of his day which he could be focused on so many other tasks that he needs too, but he has to go close that sale. Now they've given that opportunity because he was able to go there and he has saw things that he would know to remember or note down and things like that. But then a new person coming on wouldn't have the knowledge to go and look at those things or see those things or document those things. But now that you have a standardized system, and he might be like really great at training his people too. But there's some things that he might just not think about or just passively understand, but didn't think about, oh, let me write that down as a step for a new person coming in, but he would recognize that. Or there's like you know, different situations where like a crazy thing happens at this house, but it's only 1% of houses or something like that. He'd be able to see that and diagnose that, but his new person wouldn't be able to see that. But now with this documented system that you have, you can easily catch all of those things or you take the pictures so that he can review them afterwards so he knows how to diagnose it forward. So that's really impressive. I love that.
2: Yeah, Billy, that's exactly right. And I think it's related to a debate that's going on here in Scandinavia, right? We talk a lot about, for contractors that they have the qualifications to be doing the things needed to participate in this market, but they might not have specifically trained in heat pumps, right? But then they've done gas, and then they've done solar, and then they've done all the pivot requires is a little bit of upskilling, right? And, and what are the debates we're having. At home is should there be three or four days of courses on this subject and what does that fourth day or maybe the fifth day mean for installers ability to operate with excellence and i think what we're saying is you could spend two months upskilling people right what drives success is not necessarily putting a lot of things into people's uh, head but actually providing them with better ways of working, right? And so we're all about that augmentation of skills, right? And, and having this digital and <laughs> physical way of working where you don't need to remember every single contextual spec for every heat pump model, because essentially once you've chosen a specific heat pump, then our sort of contingent workflows will change to fit this pump, right? Or if the homeowner has a question specifically related to this brand, whether it's a Siemens versus Bosch, what we see very much is that keeping track of all those things and expecting the installers to be able to keep track of all those things, it's simply not realistic. And so what we want to do is basically enable the mass participation of people with the right backgrounds to do this and do this well, but through this augmented quality control system that delivers on this last mile excellence promise that is our North Star.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's what you were mentioning keeps a lot of contractors out of this market, right? Is this inability to not know how to directly diagnose all the different types
2: and models and things like that. That and then the related thing or derived problem from that is predictable unit economics and customer satisfaction. So Again, if it relates back to this idea of growing the category or growing the fulfillment base, right? The reason why a lot of people who are technically qualified to carry out this work don't spend more time carrying out this work is because it's simply easier as a contractor to be working on less one-off and more larger contracts, right? With a larger volume of work as part of a single contract because of the predictability Of the unit economics and because of the risk that you'd see taking on something like a home retrofit right or a home energy transition so as soon as you make the smallest mistake right in procuring hardware then that's on you right you own that mistake that can cut something out of your margin as soon as you've spent too much time on sales right if you've had to revisit the home two three times that's taken from the margin if that homeowner doesn't obviously convert then that's also taken from your margin on that sale so, and then finally once you are in the house installing you're dealing with a homeowner that may be happy maybe a bit annoyed it's always a bit anxiety invoking when somebody's uh, <laughs> is drilling at the core of your house right and your energy source very much is sort from of the core of the heart of, of the house and so there's all of that complexity to manage too and then finally, If installations are not done well, and this is unfortunately true in upwards of 80% of installations, there's some degree of underperformance. The underperformance, again, is either the equipment doesn't fit the house or the equipment actually fits the house but hasn't been calibrated properly to the house. Any number of these things will get you called back on site after an installation, right, which again, takes out of your margin and all of that we say comes from the margin but ultimately it's actually added to the price that's added to the consumer but what we're seeing is so that's what happens at market aggregate right the price is added to the consumer but individually for the installers it comes from their margin right and so for them it is a less attractive way to be spending their work time than participating on larger contracts of different sorts and so what we're trying to do is really provide that predictability at the unit economic level so that we can maximize the install base it's this willingness to uh, to participate in this crucial transition. Yeah,
0: definitely. Because when you, for a business owner, you expect, I'm going to take this time to do this. I know my margin is going to be this, but when there's all that risk involved about how many times you have to go out or how much time it's going to take. And like you mentioned, it's going to cut into that margin when you, that margin might be whether or not you'll be able to pay for groceries this next week. That's important. Or be able to pay your workers or pay, pay people that you're working with, and be able to pay for that next thing that you need for your business. So that next tool or things like that. So it can be, it become very nerve-wracking for a business owner to say, I can't cut into that margin. So let me take these sure things that I know that I can do well, I know what the margin is going to be, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's really important. And is the workflow management for each of these, the heat pumps and things like that, is that what you're providing for these installers? Do you also provide like education around this too?
2: Yeah, so it's a great question. So we've not yet gone into education, but very much expect to be doing that by, I think, halfway through 2023. So at the moment, the level of education that we do provide is through the standardization of the flows, and it's through education on using and navigating our home energy transition software platform. And so beyond that, we will, I think, just like many of the other participating players hoping to make waves in the space, also be playing our role in upskilling workers and doing that, I think, with strong synergies to the product so that essentially we can point to using these things in a way that, that creates these good outcomes. But we're not today participating in training. uh, we absolutely think that this is a key part of our future.
0: Definitely, for sure.
2: And I wanted to ask you about this because
0: I read this on your website before and I want to get it in before we end our interview here today. But you mentioned about paper wool. So I'd love to hear more about this insulation type. We talked a lot about heat pumps today, but insulation is super important to you because once you bring the energy in and heat your home, you got to make sure that heat stays in the home. Yeah, I'd love to hear you talk about paper wool and insulation.
2: Yeah, for sure. So we believe very much in this being the ones stop shop and being multi-product and I think to start with a few words on why we do that and then I'll end on the product side. We What we see is that increasingly homeowners aren't asking the question how do I get solar cells on my roof or how do I get a heat pump or what insulation should I get. What we find that homeowners ask is how do I lower my monthly energy bill and what initiatives can I take that are actually worthwhile, that pay for themselves, right? Where the investment isn't just good for the climate, but is also good for people's wallets. We have to remember that home energy is at the heart of not just a climate crisis or a geopolitical crisis increasingly, but very much also a cost of living crisis. And we take that mandate very seriously at Bowdoin because we are seeing people leave their homes, right? For bills that are too high. And so they're asking the question, how do we do something? And then expecting somebody to tell them a series of answers. And so that's true on the customer side. It's also true... On the installer side, they have multiple skills. So typically, installation it will not be the same group of people as, as installing, say, heat pumps, solar, or car chargers, or right? the electrification side of, of home energy transition. But the other three all kind of have strong synergies on the installer side or on the contractor side. So contractors are also very interested in being multi-product. And finally, because we go to market through institutions, and I think we should touch on that at the end of our chat, but they are also asking the question, how do we minimize or decarbonize our portfolios and not just how do we deploy more heat pumps or to de- much older so anyway so that's why we're very passionate and feel strongly about this multi-product approach is to really answer the homeowner's concerns for decarbonizing their home in its entirety now with regards to insulation insulation is an amazing product because essentially all of the other categories that we deal with are categories that obviously generate the and solar, but for the purpose of it being then used <laughs> by the heat pump or used by a car charger, or used by a washing machine and lights. But so all of these other categories are, uh, with the exception of solar in a way, but our energy is consuming, right? Your heat pump is a way to generate heat, but consume uh, energy. What we're seeing with insulation is that the potential to lower your heating bill is very substantial, right? We are able to, at the point of sale of the heat pump, actually recommend you a smaller size heat pump, provided you are willing to do simple measures with regards to insulation. And what we'll see is that your upfront cost might go up a little bit, but the total cost of ownership go down quite substantially because for every step in size down, you can go in a heat pump that is also a lower month electricity bill or or a lower spend that needs to come from the roof in in the case where you're generating your heat pump electricity through your solar cells. So for us, what excites us is really this ability to lower the total cost of ownership of this product by being, again, multi-product, by making this recommendation. And again, what we've seen in the market is a lack of ability to provide that clarity or that transparency to the homeowners because these things are traditionally sold multi-vendor. You need one vendor for the insulation, one for your charger, one for your heat pumps, one for your solar, and you're not able to get like or toggle on and off you. How does the total cost of ownership change if I do two out of four recommendations or so four out of four recommendations or just do one? And so for us, insulation becomes super interesting because it becomes a way to spend a little bit more upfront, but spend substantially less over time while also getting a better home, by getting better air quality, getting less of a draft inside, feeling like you can lean against the wall even on a cold winter's day without getting a sniffle. <laughs> that we're about insulation. You mentioned pa- paper wool, so paper wool is is actually an amazing product where we upcycle used paper rather than use say some of these more industrially heavy or industrial <laughs> from a process point of view. It's substantially more carbon emitting to to use things like rock wool, et cetera, right? So we try to look for also products where the lifecycle analysis points to there being a good fit, but the heat retaining properties of people are quite great. So we're excited about the product. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Oh, you wanted to talk about something
2: at the end with institutions? Oh yeah, distribution, for sure. Oh yes, and that too. Yeah, should I touch on that or? uh, Yeah, go ahead, please. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So when we launched Bodil, we had two driving hypotheses, right? The first was something new and something major was done in order to drive consumer demand for these products, right? We simply saw that at the awareness level, homeowners weren't aware of the energy potential in home. Something new was done to drive up the market. And the second part was something new was done in order to like deliver and we've talked a lot about delivery today, but I think it might be worth touching a little bit on the driving market demand. Now, it should be stated, of course, that the tragic situation in Ukraine has shifted this equation, right? Demand has gone up substantially, but it is still true that for the majority of homeowners, they're unaware of the energy potential in their homes and that they are unaware of how to go about getting a quote or going from A to Z and getting these things installed. And so one way that we decided to go to market pretty early on was to go to market through large corporate partners that had an, a material interest in reducing, at a portfolio level, the carbon emissions in buildings, and particularly in private homes. So one very ex- obvious example of that is uh, our financial institutions, or very specifically commercial or consumer banks. If you are operating a large consumer bank today, chances are you've almost certainly made what are known as GFANS, or Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero pledges, right? So pledging with science-based target in targets indicators. And this is really important, right? Because we're expecting to see mechanisms coming out of GFANS, where if you're not reporting on science-based targets, then you can't be in the group, right? They're receiving some pushback at the moment, but I think it's far too soon to be criticizing, right? These pledges were made a year ago, and, and we're talking about, I think, like 900 trillion worth of capital committed, right? So let's not expect miracles overnight. What is important is that these institutions have said, look, by 2030, we're cutting our financed emissions by half. And by 2050, we want them to go to zero and if 50% do, That's still a miracle. It'll still be the most important thing to have happened in climate change. So (laughs) I'd say give G-fans a little break. Let's see how they do. I might be unpopular for that opinion, but that's because I'm an optimist because I work on the receiving end of this and the tail end of it because they've made these pledges and now they're scrambling these financial institutions to basically make it work. And so what we've been doing is we've been working with banks saying, look, mortgage represents a particularly difficult problem for you. You can hire engineers and do a case-by-case basis and go, if I finance this production facility, Do my finance emissions go up or down? Is there a transition plan? That's something as a bank you're doing a thousand times a year, right? You can manage that maybe 2,000 times a year for your large bank. It is substantially harder to be managing tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of homes. And if you are a mortgage lender or a bank that's involved in mortgage or loans for homes in any way, you essentially will own the emissions coming from that house. Right. So if there's an oil furnace, if there's a gas furnace, then essentially you are on the hook for those emissions. So what we do is we work with banks to say, let's set targets for reducing these finance emissions across your lending portfolios, and then let us provide this digital experience that you can implement in your online web bank, that you can implement on your website, and essentially as soon as you have a homeowner calling you at the moment you know at the height of the cost of living crisis and saying, shit, our utility bills are going through the roof. What do we do? You actually have an answer, right? You send them our way and we manage from there the entire process in as quality controlled a way as can be done. We're very clear to our partners, mistakes will be made. This is a gritty space. If you want to get involved in it, you're going to have a complaint here and there, right? Because we cannot guarantee perfect execution, but we can guarantee that we take responsibility and that we problem solve. At every step of the way, right, and that we are the bank's person in guaranteeing that that things go as well as they can. So let us manage that process. Let us decarbonize every homeowner that you send to us, and just as importantly, let us trace that decarbonization back to you. So let us track, let us measure, and let us provide you full transparency, the data, so that you can see the works of their activism. And I, I think I want to call it that, right? If an employee at a bank is just sending pension which is essentially what they can be asked to sell, right? If they have a collaboration with the pension company or insurance, these things are typically what they're asked for. All of a sudden, they're being asked by their managers, and we're aligning these incentives all the way up to senior management level at these banks and making them probably commit. If all of a sudden you're being asked by your employer, no, make leads. So Bodil.Energy, they'll decarbonize our local community. It's so much more motivating, right? And for them, it becomes this thing where they can see the CO2 savings in their local community ticking upwards as we decarbonize homes among their portfolio. And so it becomes a form of activism from these large corporations. And so we trace these emissions back and we say, you should show off. If you're doing what, well, if you're decarbonizing these financed emissions, then that is a good thing. Now, you can't use it as an offset product. We're very clear about that. We don't think the additionality is strong enough but very much they should be able to at least take some pride in and We're seeing employees in all these institutions take great pride. And yes, we're generating thousands of interested homeowners and and have targets for tens of thousands of, of homes converted through these channel partnerships. Energy companies are another example. We don't think all energy companies should build their own software. We don't think all energy companies should have sophisticated thermal models of homes or manage these complex installer networks. And so what we allow energy companies to do is launch attractive decarbonization offerings for residential gas, particularly, but also for the deployment of rooftop solar and chargers So launch these offerings to their customers. And we do these almost white label, but not quite <laughs> powered by Bodo onboarding flows that our partners are using in their on their website embedded in their platforms or through for the API connected, if they want to own the design of the front end, they can do that too. And then essentially we manage again, the last mile complexity in the installation networks on their behalf. And we're seeing this as a super powerful engine. We have partnerships with KPIs at the moment representing more than 100,000 tons of CO2 emissions annually. And for us now, it's really just a task of executing and, uh, yeah, continually growing the team and just executing on this huge opportunity because the time is now, That as you will know, Billy.
0: Yes, yeah, definitely. The time is now. And that's super exciting that you were able to help these banks who have these goals and they're like, Oh, what do I do? How do I make those goals? And then you're saying like, Hey, this is an option, but use us as part of your way to reach those goals. And so that's super important to be able to align with them on that. So that's awesome. And what are your goals for the next coming months for you guys? Besides yeah, executing sure. on that. Yeah.
2: So we're currently fundraising to essentially take real abroad. So we expect to launch in two new markets in 2023 and at least three within the financing period that we're raising for. So a large priority for us at the moment is closing this round that we're currently raising. We expect to do that in January 2023. And once completed, we'll be looking to go into two new markets. We're pretty confident the UK. Will be one of those two markets because we there see this particular need to help grow the install site which is our MO and beyond that we're looking very closely at germany poland france perhaps the netherlands as places that could fall under that second country category for our expansion so that's a high priority for the entire team another thing that we're razor focused on is in this home energy management space so we've been very successfully testing our digital twin models of homes right so at every installation we collect data that we feed our model, a gray box model, and it enables us to have this case by case or like home specific view of the thermal properties in that home. And we use that to make predictive bets on indoor temperature, given certain outdoor (laughs) weather conditions. And essentially we use that to make recommendations for optimal heat curve settings. So the heat curve on the heat pump, we believe needs to be actively managed and micro calibrated. And we think it should not be in this, uh, today is very much like a summer winter binary. It has a switch, and then and now it's a summer curve and a winter curve. We believe that we should be looking to use 48-hour predictive analytics, and we think that that should be constantly managed, right? And so we've been very successfully testing that system. And now what we want to do to be able to deliver on this promise of true smart energy or home energy actively managed is to connect that also to the inverter for the solar cells, for the car charger, and for the battery. And so, for us, this is very much the focus now being able to deliver on that promise by tying these these different energy assets together in a single app, managing across energy assets, but also across manufacturers, right? It's very important to say that we're trying to build an open ecosystem. And this again will be one of these waves that we'll see some manufacturers wanting to own that side for themselves, and uh, others that are saying, we believe that. This is important for the grid we believe it's important for the climate and we know that by closing the ecosystem off essentially uh, it becomes the homeowner's hassle right because they may have one set of solar cells and one inverter and then a heat pump from a different era or a charger from a different brand and for us it's very important to provide access to as many producers as possible on the platform but of course that also means that we have to have these api uh, partnerships with manufacturers and with some we're finding that is an easy conversation and with others we're finding it's a very challenging conversation. So that will also ultimately affect the availability of products on our platform. Yeah, definitely.
0: And what is one tip that you would give for any computer in the audience listening today? What is one tip that you would give them for growing their business?
2: Yeah. So I think it'd be radical about fixing market failures across the value chain. I think there's a lot of pressure in the startup community to have very simple answers extremely complicated problems. And climate change is extremely complicated. And I think don't let that enticing of saying we're this one specific thing get in the way of you solving multiple problems for multiple actors in your value chain. I think that's been core to our success is seeing for every person participating or that we want to see participating, what is the main barrier? what's the main bottleneck experienced by this actor? And how do we address those in an intelligent way? So I would say be radical about solving market failures and solving problems across the whole value chain because the kinds of exponential curves that we'll need to see for the deployment of almost all the climate technologies, they require you to take a sort of an ecosystems approach. And that's very much been our driving philosophy at Bodil. Yeah, that's great.
0: And if anybody wants to reach out to you, learn more about Bodil Energy, How can they get you? For sure. Our
2: name is also a URL, so bodil.energy. So that's a good place to start. If you're interested in working with us, if you're interested in investing in us, if you're interested in partnering with us in any way, or just saying hello, we'd love to hear from you. Then I think uh, reach out to me. My email is Nicholas N-I-K-L-A-S, at uh, bodil.energy for any questions. If you're interested, again, in working with us or just hearing what we're about, we're really nerdy about (laughs) this space. We're really excited for other people that are excited and we're seeing it growing excitement. I was teased at my wedding that I'd quit a career in kind of management consulting and within sustainability to now become a glorified radiator salesman. And, <laughs> and at the time, I was just smiling. But I think very much our thesis has been pretty well, seeing that our hypothesis that these things needed to happen uh, be become true sooner than we expected. And, and we're seeing a lot of excitement from others now in this space. The amount of talent that we're able to attract is night and day relative to when we started, right? We have cheer One ex-consultants, we have like data scientists and exceptional developers coming in we have investment bankers taking an interest in this we have fintechs that are joining as investors or as collaborators and financiers and it's just there's an extraordinary tailwind right now for anything in the climate space And yeah so reach out if you share that excitement that we have for getting this work done yeah Definitely. Well, that's great. Thank
0: you so much, Nicholas, for coming on the show today. It's been so awesome having you on talking all about energy efficiency and really all in this space. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Billy. This was, this was a pleasure. And thank you for your important work, both motivating us, uh, creating entrepreneurs, but also enabling us and giving us a platform. It's super appreciated. That's important for the ecosystem. So
0: thank you. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And everybody just needs to hear more about this and needs to know how to support, how we can make this transition that we need to make and if you enjoyed this interview with nicholas from Bodeal energy about how they are making homes more energy efficient then i invite you to check out this interview with NextGen clean energy solutions they consult with small businesses to help them determine what is the best option for them when it comes to this green energy transition because whether it is homeowners or small businesses or big businesses or governments, everywhere. And everyone needs to make this energy transition. So make sure you check out this interview with NextGen Clean Energy Solutions. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast, to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platforms to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register for your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.